For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Recorded live. You're listening to the Sham Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. Views and opinions of nature talk and not necessarily the views of talk show Radio Productions and the sponsors. This is Nature Talk. <laughs> Thanks. 
Guys, I think it's about time to get in the car and take a little trip. Maybe see some trees, some green things. What are these green things you speak of? This weekend, unplug. Take your family to the forest. There's nothing in the world like experiencing nature firsthand. Trees, paths, bluebirds, streams, getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. They call, send letters, email, and visit your home. They're not friends or family. They're con artists, scammers, and criminals. In times like these, it's important to learn how to protect yourself. Credit card schemes, bogus investment opportunities, and free vacation scams are just a few ways that today's criminals target you and your family. Protect yourself. Never give anyone your social security number, credit card, or bank account information unless you initiated the call. Stay informed of current scams by contacting your Attorney General's Office and Better Business Bureau. If you're a victim, reporting the con to the local authorities will prevent others from suffering the same fate. To learn more about how to keep your family safe from con artists and scams, visit ncpc.org. That's ncpc.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Justice, National Crime Prevention Council, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Vince Gill for RAD, recording artists, actors, and athletes against drunk driving. Real life's not a song. In less than it takes to play my latest hit, someone will be killed or injured in an alcohol-related crash. So next time you're out with someone who's been drinking, don't let them take the wheel. Take the keys instead. Sad stories make great songs, but happy endings make better lives. That's why friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kennedy Jenkins. Views and peace and nature talk are not necessarily views of talk to you. Jam Radio Productions and Sponsors. This is Nature Talk. subjects we're going to talk about 
is Trump's new budget. What will, well, actually, who is going to hurt? Who is it going to hurt? Here's an update that I found on, uh, no, yeah, Newsweek this week. Matter of fact, yesterday, it was online yesterday. Under Trump's new budget, if you don't work, you don't eat. Republicans are kicking people off food stamps. Now, here, and this has been, it's been updated. The budget resolution passed by the House on Thursday will push millions of already struggling people off food stamps, leaving the neediest Americans, children, and the elderly among them without food. The $4.1 trillion, that's trillion or trillion dollar budget, will take over $150 billion away from several poverty programs, including the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, also known as SNAP which helps low-income people keep food on the table by giving them small amounts of supplemental money to spend on groceries, anywhere from $100 a month to $700 a month for a family of five, according to the Center of Budget and Policy policy Providers. The budget isn't the newest problem SNAP has had to face. The number of people on SNAP ebbs and flows with the economy. But only 75% of the people who are eligible for SNAP actually participate in the program. The website website SNAP to Health says, and it's applying can get really complicated. Here's a good example. Evan Teske, he's a 26-year-old medical student. He needed assistance while he was working for AmeriCorps. After graduating from high school, graduating from college in 2014, AmeriCorps assigned him to Focus Point Family Research Center, which focuses on education from childhood to adulthood. His stipend just wasn't enough. Thank you, told Newsweek. So I had to apply for food stamps. That applicate the application process was pretty confusing, he said. But AmeriCorps helped him apply. Then, after a year and a half, he was taken off. He continues to say, I got taken off the government. I was taken off 
government against my will because every six months I had to update my paperwork so they could see how much they were giving me. And at one point, with food stamps and a stipend still wasn't quite enough, I had help from my parents and family members to help me out in a pinch. When I put that down in the update documents, they'll call it an income. They said it, it, it was extra, so they cut me off. Tiski worked for AmeriCorps for the next six months and then moved to New Mexico for medical school. He said, Snap. He said, Snap. And the food stamps made his life more livable. Tiski was taken off food stamps because his family helped him when he was needed a bit more. If Trump's budget proposal passes the Senate, as it has already passed the House, many more people will be bumped off SNAP. Repeat that. If Trump's budget proposal passes the Senate, as it has already passed the House, many people will be bumped off SNAP, and a lot of, people, and a lot of them won't have the familiar, won't have the safety net that Teske did. Ellen Follinger, who's the legal director who directs SNAP, worked for the Food Research and Action, told Newsweek, SNAP is the first line of defense against hunger in the U.S. It's the one program that's available all around the country to serve people who need food is the most accessible and available to people. What do you think? Will this program, or if this budget is is passed in the House, how many poor people are going to get bumped off? Get bumped off the SNAP program. Well, Mike. Hey. What's up? How are you today? Good. I see you talking about my president. Yet. Yeah, that's your president. Y'all vote him. Y'all vote him in? Y'all deal with him. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I didn't vote for him. You got to take some of this responsibility too, you know. I didn't vote for him. I didn't support him. I didn't vote for him. He's not my president. Uh-oh. Anyway, you're so right. Why, why are they really chopping these important a program 
that's supposed to be helping the people. Exactly. Instead of, you know, instead of adjusting them, I can understand adjusting, you know what I mean? Yeah. But don't just cut the whole thing off, whack, right at the knees, man. Come on. Yeah. This is from no. a, this is from a Newsweek report that I put up on net, and when I saw that, I said I got to read this. I got to read this, and I got to share this with the nation talk with the nation mm. talk people. I got to. I, I have to share this because at the sound of my voice, somebody right now has. Is on the SNAP program. Uh huh. And it's needed, especially the, the poor and our elderly. Well, our poor you know, and elderly needs it, yeah. especially our elderly, because a lot of them only depend. They they have someone may have a little pension. From the from the job, the Social Security, and then um, they get Medicare and part. Sometimes they get both Medicare and Medicaid. I think some of you know some of them do. And and the way the food prices is, it's so high that you can that you can't match your living wage with the with the cost of living. It's unbalanced. Of course. It's totally unbalanced. Very unbalanced. Because if you have a living wage that up to the lives that that is affordable to your to the to what what the grocery store is selling, then you know, I, I could understand. But some people cannot afford it, and they do rely on food stamps. They have to rely on them because it's, it's well, the way the cost of living is, the way the food is in the stores, it's ridiculous. That's why that's why I understand to adjust the, the uh, program rather than to cut them off. Yeah, and and another thing, raising the living wage, raising it. If they can, if they if they raise the living wage to ten dollars an hour, then I think some people have will have a chance to have. No, yeah, they'll have a better chance on their. You know, on the cost of living, so they have a, a fair shake with it, you know. But for right now, the way the living wage is now, some people have to work two and three jobs just to make ends meet. This man, and I use that word very loosely. In the White House, is is planning to cut. It's planning to cut programs 
that are needed in order to build that darn wall in on the Mexican border. You're still talking about that. Oh yeah, he's still trying. Yeah, he still want to. He still want to build that wall. He still want that wall built. He's he's pushing for just, it. Why don't they just hire about a hundred extra border controls and save them a couple million dollars? Nope. Nope, but no, but you know why? Because they cut, they're busy cutting off other programs, like the food stamp program and Medicaid. That, it, because I'm looking at this now. President Trump's budget cuts to food stamps and Medicaid are bad for African Americans. They are totally right. They are totally right. If he cuts this program, he's in for a fight because who are you going to fight with? He's going to have a whole lot of angry seniors, a whole lot of angry poor people. He's going to have a whole lot of angry, they're going to be ticked off because they cut the program. Yeah, but they they ain't able to fight them. You know what I mean? That's got to be something they got to be done. I I hear that. Before before got to be done. They they got to do something before 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 they 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 before they get to before they get to the to the to the um to the Senate. The House already passed it. What? The, the House passed it. Now all all you gotta do now is go to the Senate and the Senate passed it, it's on. Hmm. They passed it uh on Thursday. The Senate passed it on Thursday. Now, what are they doing? What are they going to do? Pass it back down to the state? I don't know what they're going to do. I think they're going to cut it. I think I don't know if they're going to cut it off altogether, or let the states handle their handle it. I don't know how they're going to do this. But either way, it's got it. But they, it, it's still it's still wrong. It, like you said. It, if they adjust it, okay, that's fine. But cutting it off, no, you don't do that. That's all. That's like taking bread out of a child's mouth. Uh, can I ask you a question? Aye. You ever heard of a thing called legal genocide? Legal genocide. Mm-hmm. That sounds like that. That sounds like what what you get. What legally you get killed? It. Yeah. That's the same thing that's happening. That's the same direction it's going. 
the poor, this poor and dead, rich get richer, stay alive. Mm-hmm. And you got some people, you got some people, now, I mean, my hearts go out to them. The ones who's on the programs, my heart go out to them because, you know, especially if you got, say, for example, a mom who has anywhere between two to four kids, maybe five. Okay. And she's working at in the daytime she's taking care of the kids at night she's at, she's working and and in order to make ends meet she had to do that in order to make sure her kids are fed clothed and uh going to a going to a doctor to make sure they're okay health health wise yeah. But no. They want to cut the nose. They want to cut the nose off the face and, and, and attach it to a and attach an ear to where the nose is. Well, that's what they're doing. And you, you know what? You know, there was another president who did the same thing. Reagan. He tried Ooh. the he tried the same thing, but it but the Senate and the House did not agree. That, well, the Democrats and the, the Democrats did not agree with the Republicans on on what Mr. Reagan was was trying to do. Okay. So uh, I don't know somehow they compromised and. A, in a way that 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 um that they could um that way they could at least feed people and try to have a balanced budget now how they did it I don't know you got a few republican presidents who tried to who did try to cut different programs especially the programs that are really needed, like SNAP. It's not fair, but it's happening. It of course is. it's not fair. And the fact that... There, no, there is no justice in that at all. Yeah, just for them. <laughs> Well, that's not justice. I don't know what to call that. Yeah, it was just 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 for them. That's that's mainly it. Just just for them. So, any suggestions other than causing war? One way they can do it instead of slashing it, instead of slashing it. Um, taking the programs away is basically, like you said, work on it to keep it to keep it going, fix it, 
Fix the problem. Well, have you noticed that it hasn't been, nobody has really tried to fix it in years and years either. It's been messed up for so long. It's been going on without anybody, any of the administration, really taking a look at it and making some making adjustments. And I'm sorry to say this has been going on ever since uh, uh, Clinton, uh, even before Clinton. Yeah. They've been putting bandages on bandages on situations rather than adjusting it and trying to fix it. Yeah. Because they do not care about the poor folks per se. They don't. Because you already, you already heard him say he's not cutting the taxes for the rich in the middle in the middle. Well, he said the middle class, but he really means the rich too. Right. Because he said he's not going to do it. He, he's not going to cut the taxes of the one percent, the top one percent. But instead, he's going to reach way down and cut taxes and cut. Well, not cut budget, but, you know, cut the budget, go way down and cut the budget to make the poor suffer. There you go. Make the poor suffer. So, ah, well, how you say? We have to really get closer to our creator right now in order to do something about this, because just ordinarily, nothing going to be done. Exactly. It's going to be a... And the way, they, and the way, the way this is being done is sneaky. It's what? The way it's being done is sneaky. I don't know if it's, it's called sneaky or not. I think they just downright plain belligerent. Dirty. I call it bold. They, they ain't sneaky. They just out, out plainly doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, Trying to put I the okie doke on us. They, they ain't pulling nothing behind your back. They're all up in your front, all up in your face, pulling these situations, and almost daring you to say something. Mm-hmm. Now, that, now that's cold. That's, that's what hurts. Yeah. So, wow. It, it's a money thing, and it's a it's both political and money, hand in hand. That's like having a. That's like putting a. That's like putting a. Uh, that's like putting a. Um, I don't know how I could put this. Put <laughs> put, put a, a a Toyota motor in a in a Cadillac. Ah, uh, yeah, all right. Make it look good on the outside, but but it ain't gonna be working on the inside. Exactly. Wow. Wow. That's a big analogy. That's a big difference. Oh, well. Anyway. It, 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 
Islands don't know. It it's this We need we need some we need some help. Quick you, you in line. Needed to get hit and need to get this joker out of out of that out the White House, out the chair before twenty twenty. He's already talking about his re election. Who wants to who wants to elect that clown? And guess what? The way the way things went this past election, he might get reelected. So they they they're not going by popular vote anymore. Oh God! Remember. Mhm. How how Hillary won the general election? Yeah. And he got the uh, hmm. He got the electoral and walked right on in the door. Mhm. So then he gonna he gonna storm up, tie him up, and damn the damn the chain. Hold on now. All right. It is a matter of survival of the fittest now. It's a matter of right now, a lot of people need to pull together now, petition somebody to get in there to do a better job. And this, this guy, real talk, real issues, let you talk, continue. Teach your boys, teach boys early that violence against women is wrong. Learn how to stop. I'm in the car next to you on the highway. I sit in front of you on the bus. I'm one out of every six Americans. Teach boys early that violence against women is wrong. Learn how to start the conversation and teach early that ORG brought to you by Teachers Without Violence and the Ad Council. I'm in the car next to you on the highway. I sit in front of you on the bus. I'm one out of every six Americans, and I'm struggling with hunger. This isn't an uncontrollable epidemic. 
isn't enough food in this country to feed every hungry person. Please, visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank. Every dollar you donate helps provide seven meals for those around you, quietly struggling with hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. I shoved the envelope under my sweater and sneaked to the kitchen. Mom was on the phone in the front room. I didn't want to have to explain anything. I just wanted to be by myself. Clutching the envelope tightly, I stepped onto the ladder at the bottom of the treehouse. Something caught my eye above me, and I looked up. <gasps> Light! It looked as if there were a firework display going on inside the treehouse. Crackling and snapping and whizzing sounds spun around above my head. Light shot out and sparks dancing to the popping of noise. My first thought was to scream fire and run to the house to get Mom. My legs trembled as I inched upward, creeping up the rungs as quietly as I could. My heart banged so hard that it felt as if someone were hitting my chest. A couple more steps, and then I leaned forward, craning my neck to look inside. And then I looked up and saw... To find out what happens next, read Philippa Fisher's Fairy Godsister by Liz Kessler. Explore new worlds and check out more cool books at your local library. And visit read.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Energy. You're listening to the Sham Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. Here's a piece of nation talk on unnecessary views. Talk show. Jam Radio Productions and its sponsor. This is Nation Talk.
Ooh, sorry about that, folks. Yeah, the, the computer just just simply just cut up. We're gonna get it back online. We'll, we'll get it back online. It, it, listen to that. I, I mean, I'm listening to this to that that song. And just thinking about it, that song came out about 40-something years ago. Maybe a little bit more. Came out like in the early to mid-70s. And and some of that stuff is going on right now. That's what they're talking about. And nothing new under the sun. Yep. Not, nada. Nine. But spin around, going around, and coming around again. Yep. This all fits even today. Even it right now. Amen. After reading the story, it's 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 a pretty long it's a pretty long story. But at the end of this, it says one in six one one in six people in America faces hunger more than almost any other country in the developed world. If this budget goes goes through, and important programs like SNAP are axed. That number will be on the rise. Hmm. Hmm. Just think about that. If they cut the the, the SNAP program, there are going to be other programs that the Republican Party may want to cut. And if they do, there ain't a doggone thing we can do. Well, but until not right then, but there's power. There is power in the vote. Whoever you elect, you can vote them out. That's power. Sounds good. If they they may not be able to do it right then. They may not be able to do anything right then, but they'll be able to do it in November, the next November election. Vote everyone that didn't do anything out. They got a governor's election here pretty soon. And and the current governor is is looking around for second term. He ain't gonna get no second term for me. I'm voting him out. The dredging of the of the river is fine and trying to get jobs 
And for Georgia, that's, that's good. But he still did not, he still refuses to raise the living wage. He, he still refuses not to. He, 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 he refuses, he refuses to, to raise it. That's wow. my gripe. That's why I'm voting him out. Find me another candidate to who who will fight for the working class. You know what? <clears throat> it wouldn't be so bad if they were true to their word. Exactly. I mean, the politician set up and tell you anything that you want to hear. As soon as they get that office, you don't see them. That first paycheck, they done flipped on you. Oh, yeah. And that hurts real that, bad. That do hurt. That's why we, that's why we as Americans have that power of the ballot. If they vote them in, we can vote them out. We can fire them. Yeah, but the only thing about it is if you vote Seth Vincent's senator in, you got to wait two years. At two years' time, they could, just, they could do so much damage, it ain't funny. I know. Congressmen, senators, state state representatives, they can, oh, my God, I don't even want to talk about it. Uh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, they could do, I mean, they could do some very bad damage to make it, to let it be, for them to just come in and say, okay, you know what, I'm going to do this, go do that. They turn around, I thought you said you are going to do it. Do what? Yeah. I got a, I got a suggestion. Hmm. That whoever's running for office, make them sign a declaration. And, and and notarize it like a contract. That's not like a good idea. <laughs> when they do get in the office, they start to switching up on you. <clears throat> you whoa, wait a minute! Remember this contract? You 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 swore by it. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Uh huh. So that's something we should think of, we should think about too. Get that out to the people. Hey, that is a good suggestion. Hmm. Hmm, yeah. <laughs> Glad I thought about it. Yeah, okay. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Ah, hallelujah. Yeah, that'd be a good way to do it. That way they back up in their word, we could, the American people can sue them. <laughs> hey, you thought right now. That's why I said have it notarized. <laughs> Yeah. I mean it I mean it 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 is so ridiculous to it's ridiculous to be ridiculous. Yep. Okay, where is it? Where is it? I said it's so ridiculous it's just downright stupid. <laughs> <laughs> 
It is. This budget thing really got it's really really got on my nerves. Really, CNN broke broke it down. Let's see. Um, John King at the Magic Wall that you see on CNN at the winners and losers of Donald Trump's budget blueprint. Ugh. Here, here. Okay, here's uh. Pretty much a breakdown. Uh-oh. This is pretty much a breakdown. And I didn't see this on CNN, but I'm I'm curious. How is this going to fan out? Curiosity make you a cat, but somebody's going to skin that cat. The president's cat. budget always gets rewritten by the Congress, so it's important to consider it not as the last word, but as a starting point, a statement. But what a dramatic statement the first Trump budget is. Let's take a look at some of the winners and the losers. The big winners, the Department of Defense, the Pentagon gets a 10% increase. The Department of Homeland Security, border security is included here, up 7%. The president promised in the campaign to take care of the veterans. The Department of Veterans Affairs, up 6%. But a lot of losers if the president's budget were enacted as is. Environmental Protection Agency loses almost a third of its budget. The State Department, 29%. The Department of Labor, 21%. Agriculture. A lot of rural states carried by Trump get money from the Agriculture Department, 21%. The Army Corps of Engineers, down. You get the trend. Look at these. Down, down, down. Health and Human Services, Housing and Urban Development, Transportation, Education. One more screen. Down, down, down. Just about every non-security department in the government loses spending. Democrats say this is cruel. Republicans say, we'll give it a look. We'll see what happens here. The President's Budget Director says if you follow the campaign, you should not be surprised. Uh, real simple, you had an American first candidate, you have an American first president, now you have an American first budget. We're spending more money to defend the country, more money to enforce the laws, more money to secure the borders, more money to take care of our vets, more money for school choice, and less money for things like foreign aid. Uh, that's exactly what the president said he was going to do. That's what the budget is. Okay. Veterans, okay. I can see. A military, fine. All the other stuff they think it's going down, it's a bunch of bull. That's right, I said it. It's a bunch of bull. Okay, moving along. Digging into Trump's first budget. Donald Trump's budget proposal has had a frosty reception from both Wall Street analysts and key Republicans. It calls for deep cuts in domestic programs to fund a major increase in defense spending. Ramey Docencio is at the big wall with all these details. Ramey. Yeah, Betty, thanks very much. It's being seen, right, as a reversal of LBJ's Great Society from about 50 years ago. Now we're seeing DJT, or people saying that, but we can say that now. DJT is great again, right? And it's titled America First. It's a blueprint to make America great again. So let's take a look at some of the biggest boosts as well as the biggest cuts, at least on a dollar basis. Uh, Take a look at these bubbles here. These bubbles here represent U.S. government programs. The ones in blue get a boost in this funding proposal. The ones in orange all back here get a cut. Now defense, as you can see, this big bubble right here gets the biggest boost by about $52 
billion dollars. That's a 10% jump here. Veterans Affairs, as well as Homeland Security, the two smaller bubbles here, get the next biggest steps. Also about 10%, Homeland Security about 7%. But as you can see, there are many more programs that would actually lose money. All told, about 80, in fact, in health and human services. This bubble down here, which of course is in charge of Obamacare or something that would come after it, would lose the most at about 20 billion dollars. After that, the State Department, as well as education, would lose about 10 billion dollars. And on a percentage basis, the EPA would lose the most. This little bubble all the way back here would lose the most at more than 30 percent. So look at these on a percent basis as well, and you can see the winners as well as the losers. Defense is near the top here. Veterans Affairs beating that just by a little bit. A Homeland Security, DHS up by 7.3 percent. And again, I'm saying here, Health and Human Services, 23 percent. State Agriculture and the EPA, about 30 percent there. State is just behind that. And I want to point that out because earlier today, Mick Mulvaney, who is the U.S. Budget Director, spoke more on those cuts for the State Department specifically. Take a listen. Much of the foreign aid that the president talked about in campaign, much of the money that goes to climate research, green energy, those types of things are actually in the State Department budget. We're not spending money on that anymore. We consider that to be a waste of your money to go out and do that. And he also said that Donald Trump still believes in diplomacy and claimed that the budget protects that core interest. They don't protect, they don't protect Jack. Like I said, I can understand the veterans and and our defense. But all other stuff, I still say is a bunch of bull. Bull, I said. Bull. Tidy. Ramey, I mean, what's the likelihood that this budget, as it looks like now, is, is going to stay that way? Yeah, you know, this is the question being floated out there everywhere. And to be honest, it really doesn't look likely at this point in time. Key Republicans, even Republicans themselves, are already pushing back against those massive cuts. Uh, case in point, these three people right here, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, Senior Senator John McCain of Arizona, as well as Senator Lindsey Graham. McConnell here saying it would probably not pass the Senate. Lindsey Graham over on the right said it's probably dead on arrival. Ooh. Remember, this is a proposal, right, and not a certainty. All and it right. lays out Trump's priorities, at least. And we clearly see that defense is his top issue. This is the budget for defense. He campaigned on wiping out ISIS, and he wants $574 billion. Look at that. That's a record for the base budget, including other operations. The number goes above that $600 billion mark to 603. Again, a record there, and it could be hard for Congress to say no, because, of course, no one wants to be seen as weak on national security. Now, in a statement that came with the budget release, Donald Trump said this, to keep Americans safe, we have made the tough choices that have been put off for too long, but let's move on. But guys, critics say that that's at the cost of so many other programs that also make America great. You mean make America broke? Golly, Moses. I can't believe, I can't really can't believe that the Senate actually did that. I really can't believe it. They passed this, this budget, this $4.1 trillion budget. <sighs> defense, okay, like I said, defense and veterans, yeah, definitely, most definitely. 
But a lot of stuff is just BS. BS. Yes, right. I said it. And I say it again. I said it. Say it again. <sighs> I have a question. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. They say they want to keep America safe. Mm-hmm. Safe from whom? We don't have any uh, common enemies for uh, the country other than Russia or North Korea. China's not our enemy. Russia's really not our enemy because we have enough power to uh, counteract anything they do. The Middle East is not our enemy, like uh, Iraq and Iran. So we don't have to really worry about defending ourselves against them. So who is our enemy that we have to really defend against other than organizations like ISIS, which is not a country? Trump Uh, and ISIS. That's not a country. <laughs> the way he, the like way the, Klu- the way he talks. They just talks. like the Ku Klux Klan. They're just like the KKK. <laughs> For real. <laughs> they, don't have a, they don't have a country or a parliament to, to, to dictate laws. Ho, ho, hold on, ho, hold on. We're gonna talk about that. And some, and, some, and, and, and some other stuff. We're coming up to the top of the hour. Real talk. Real issues. This is Nation Talk. Join me tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., for Morning Inspirations on Jam Radio 2.1, right here on Talk Show and Jam Radio. License and registration. But I'm walking. Do you want to upset an officer of the law? No, sir. Good. I pulled you over today for littering. Uh, I didn't litter. (laughs) Wow. That's what they all say. Unfortunately, I saw you drop a pair of thunder thighs a few blocks back. Probably happened as you were biting into that apple you're holding. Uh, How'd you know they're my thunder thighs? Well, my young friend, I'd like to say two years, and the police academy helped figure it out. But between us, it was smallstep.gov. Smallstep.gov? Yep, Rooney. It's this site with tons of easy ways to lose weight. Some steps are so easy, people don't realize they're doing them. Like you taking small step number 83, snack on fruits. Go to smallstep.gov, you'll see. You can drive off now. I'm still walking. Take a small step to get healthy at smallstep.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Baby, you can drive my car.
Hey everybody, Jamie Lee Curtis here for RAD, recording artists, actors, and athletes against drunk driving. What should you do to stop a friend from driving if they've been drinking? Answer, whatever it takes. Think before you drink. Designate before you celebrate. Choose a designated driver. Remember, friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hey, there's my son. You've been in your room all morning. Hey, Dad. Um, Matt, what's wrong with your voice? There is nothing wrong with my voice. Oh, well, it's just sort of... I have been playing my video games and electronic games for so many hours. Uh-huh. Well, it sounds like it might be time for you to take a break, or... Hello, Dad. Um, Susan? I have been watching TV and text messaging all morning. Yay, electronics. Guys, I think it's about time to get in the car and take a little trip. Maybe see some trees, some green things. What are these green things you speak of? This weekend, unplug. Take your family to the forest. There's nothing in the world like experiencing nature firsthand. Trees, paths, bluebirds, streams, getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. The views of Peace of Nation Talk are not necessarily the views of Talk Show, Jam Radio Production, and its sponsors. This is Nation Talk.
That's the that that's the song that 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 should be still. That's that that was the song then, especially protesting. Yep, give the power to the people. Especially yeah, those protests back in those days, huh? Huh? Those were some protests back in those days. Yes, Lord. That was back in '71. Then, ah, when Lennon, when um John Lennon and Yoko Ono um um was doing the protest um what's it called the hair? What's it? Is it what is it? The bed in. I think it was a protest against the war, uh, the, the Vietnam War, I think, at that time. That was, that was one the protests, and they, that was one of the biggest protests, the war in Vietnam. Um, now we got a different war, a war on... We still got the war on poverty, and now we're going. It's going to be like more like a, a war against um, the government, especially when they go, especially when they go to cut off uh, cut off. Um, food stamps and other programs that, again, it is really essential and it's very needed, especially the way the cost of living is. It's high. It's ridiculous. And you got some seniors who, you got poor and seniors who depend on it. You really do have poor seniors that really depend on it. And if they don't, then they have to find other ways to get food. Now, one of the things that I heard this morning, and I agree with, the government is originally not the one supposed to take care of the poor. It's actually the church who's supposed to take care of the poor. Now, I know we talked about that, oh, about a week or two ago. But it is true. That's what it's supposed to be. But you got some churches who will and some churches who won't. And we, 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 we talked about that uh Either a week or a week before last when we was talking about that in that subject. And it is this whole thing is like a stranglehold. But you know what? I I see a big error in that about the church taking care of the poor. Yeah. There's a big, big error in that. The poor don't go to church that much, so why should the church take care of the poor when the poor is neglecting and rejecting the church? 
Well, there's the majority of the time. Well, there's well, they can always go door to door. They don't have to be they don't have to be confined to the four walls of the church. They don't have to. That's why they have they call outreaches to outreach to go out and reach those who are in need. What I'm trying to say is that those in need should go to the church sometime and fellowship, and then they expect to get something. Now, granted, yeah, but granted, you got some, you got some who who are not able to. Who, we ain't who, talking about those few people, those one percent that's not able to go to church. We're talking about that everybody that's out there on the block that's hungry or sitting back, don't want to go to church and not going to church, and then they want handouts from the church. I don't think it's fair. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because in the old days, there was only a, there was a few people that were poor in the neighborhood, and the church took care of them, but they were also up in the church with everybody else. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. You didn't have somebody sitting out on the corner with a wine bottle in their hand talking about, I can't find a job, but you yeah. can buy that wine. Yep, they can find the wine, they can find the wine, they can find the time to get a job. There are jobs out here. There are jobs Yeah. Well, anyway, I hear you. I hear you. What you going to do? Teen found dead in Wichita Freezer. Oh, my goodness. Uh Uh-oh. Dead in the hotel of hypothermia. What? I heard about this. Oh, it was a teen found dead in hotel freezer that died of hypothermia, according to report. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, waiting on it to come, and my and my desk fell apart. Oh my goodness! I can't believe it. I can't believe it, but that fell apart. <laughs> wow. It fell right on it fell right apart on me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I see I heard about this. Her name her name her name was Kanika Jenkins. The medical examiner says Kanika Jenkins died from exposure and her death was an Accident. I'm trying. I'm. I'm trying to pull up this. I'm trying to pull up this report. Um, from Yahoo News to give you the. the but I've heard about this. And it was. It was a strange story, really. Um. I didn't get all the details, but I've gotten some of the details. Okay, here it is. 
Here it is about Miss Jenkins. I don't know if she's any, any related or not, but the death of 19-year-old Janika Kenika, K-E-N-E-K-A Jenkins, was found was found in dead was found in dead in a hotel freezer in Chicago last month has been ruled an accident according to the Cook County Medical Examiner's Office. Jenkins died wow. of, Yep. Jenkins died of hypothermia from exposure to cold in a walk in freezer at the Crown Plaza Hotel in Rosemount. The alcohol and toxins Alcohol and toxins uh, and the use of drug for treating ep- epilepsy and migraines were also significant contributing factors, the office said in a report. Kicker's blood alcohol level was 0.112 which is higher than the 0.8 BAC typical used to rule if an individual is too drunk to drive, report said. The team did also did not have a prescription for the prob- the toprazine, proptomate, I think I pronounced it right, medication, found in her system, the family reported, told investigators. The the amount of the drug in her system was in the therapeutic range. Alcohol and trapamine, trapamine, and syndric stick when Combined together, with combined effort of either or both drugs is inactive. Now, the drug it acts like a it's like alcohol. It can cause dizziness, impaired memory, impaired concentration, poor coordination, confusion, and impaired impaired judgment. The news release said. Central nervous system depression, or in part, or impairment, combined with cold exposure, can hasten the outset of hypothermia and death. The Did you work at the hotel? I let's see. Either she had to be a cook, uh, some type of preparation person there in order to go into that freezer. Yeah. Uh, does it say what you... Uh, no. But the team was found in the freezer on September the 10th, nearly 24 hours after having attended a party with friends on the ninth floor 
of the hotel. Her family reported uh, several calls to police and pleas to the hotel before Jenkins was found. Friends and family questioned foul play at the teen death, although authorities reported told Jenkins Jenkins' family early on that on that day believed that she had accidentally walked into the freezer. That this is the part I heard about. She, oh, accident, uh, she accidentally walked into the freezer. I don't even want to hear anymore. Uh, but they do have they have a surveillance camera. They have they have a camera that in that kitchen there, they showed her walking in this freezer and she appeared disoriented in the footage. Okay. And the medical examiner's office said that there was no evidence of altercation before the teen's death. Okay. So it was it so it was an accident and it could have been alcohol. Now um let's see. In other words she was drinking and got disoriented. Yeah, and plus with some other medicine that she and it was another something else that she took. Let me see what they if they play the footage. Yeah, but usually if you go into that, that, that uh, hotel kitchen area, they get on your behind, man. What you doing here? What you out? Can I help you? You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't just walk into a, ho- a, a hotel kitchen like that. No. Un- or, uh, unannounced, like anything. Okay, okay, here's the, okay, here's the story here. Hold on. Uh, okay, now here's the story. This is from Inside Inside Edition. El equipo ganador de Cricket Wireless. Tenemos más cobertura 4G LTE que T-Mobile Sprint. Y si haces el cambio ahora, obtienes un nuevo smartphone gratis. Con planes desde 30 dólares al mes. Cricket Wireless, un motivo para sonreír. The death of an Illinois teenager who was found in a hotel walk-in freezer has been ruled accidental. The Cook County Medical Examiner released a report saying 19-year-old Kanika Jenkins died of hypothermia from exposure to cold from being in the freezer. It also said her blood alcohol level and the drug topiramate in her system were significant contributing factors to her death. The medication treats epilepsy and migraines. Her family reportedly said she did not have a prescription for it. Jenkins was found in the freezer of the Crown Plaza Hotel in Rosemont last month after she went missing from a party she attended in one of the hotel's rooms. Surveillance video from that night shows her walking around the hotel, at times appearing disoriented. 
Authorities say it does not show her walking into the freezer because no cameras were pointed in that direction. Police say the case is still open as they are looking for the people who rented the hotel room to throw the party. Jenkins's family also hired attorneys who are reportedly conducting their own investigation. For InsideEdition.com, I'm Mara Montalbano. Okay, that's just that's a just a, okay. Yeah, that's the that's the same report. That's from um inside inside edition of what happened to Janika Jenkins. I've heard this story before. Didn't catch all of it. Didn't catch didn't catch all of it, but I heard a pretty good bit of it. Uh, I'm gonna take a break here because my desk. Well, you know what? I think I'll do this. Nope, can't do it like that, huh? It's gonna fall. All right. Anyway, it's gonna hang. Oh, hopefully, it don't hang too too much. Uh, anyway. This case has been one of unusual cases. Now, there's another unusual, there's another celebrity death that happened, I believe, yesterday. I think it was. It had to do with radio personality um, Delilah who has the show um, who has the, the radio show the syndicated radio show um, Delilah uh, she lost her son Due to suicide. Now, I don't have all the details, and I couldn't get. I was trying to get details of it, pretty much, pretty much all of the day, but uh, it is pretty sketchy. Okay, maybe they have something on her website. Uh, as I said, Delilah is a talk show host that comes on weeknights from 7 to around midnight. Uh, 7 to midnight on, on this end of the of the coast is at Eastern time. It could be at, it could be at a different time or wherever you are. Come to find out that Hassan committed suicide. He was depressed. He, he was suffering from depression. Now I don't know if this is her birth son or if this was um 
or adopted. She adopted some children. Um, she adopted some kids from different countries. Uh, or if they have anything. They have anything. The website. Concerning this. But anyway, I'm going to come back. I'm going to see if I can find it. In the meantime, we're going, we are at the bottom of the hour. We're at the bottom of the hour. This is Nation Talk. Real Talk. Real Issues. Jamie Lee Curtis here for RAD, recording artists, actors, and athletes against drunk driving. What should you do to stop a friend from driving if they've been drinking? Answer, whatever it takes. Think before you drink. Designate before you celebrate. Choose a designated driver. Remember, friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Young 
Zoe Ring Renee died in March of twenty twelve. Complication of sickle cell media. Now here it is. October the third, twenty seventeen, her son Zach died of suicide. That's what they had. It said because of and I read somewhere else that it was because of depression. Um Delilah and her family, our prayers go out to you. highly very positively about her family. She's she's very much family oriented. Very family oriented. She's uh she has the spirit that about her that is that Delilah has is just sisterly or motherly that's how that's that's just the line that's the way she is. And to hear what happened, oh my goodness, it's it's sad when you lose someone, especially in cases like that. And uh I commit suicide. It's not pretty folks. It's um pretty darn serious. Prayers goes out to her once again. Her family. We pray that uh, that, that broken hearts will be mended, even in a time like this. I don't know if she's on. I don't know if she's going. I don't know if she's on tonight. Or not. She might be on tonight. And again, it's hard to say. They might just they may just repeat her shows. And she and she broadcasts she has a broadcast at her home uh, home studio. And you can listen you can go on her, her website, Delilah dot com on iHeartRadio and listen to her listen to her program. Well, man, whole lot of stuff going on. Whole lot of stuff going on. Uh, let's see. Oh, I almost forgot. Roland Martin, my man Roland Martin, <laughs> I found a segment of his, I thought it was, I thought it was good, 
Somebody came on his show and lied about information that that wasn't good <laughs> to do that on his show and lie and get away with it. Oh no, that's a no no. Trying to see in the meantime, I'm trying to see if she's on if she's on now. Listen. Trying to see if she if she's on. If she's not, then it's probably repeated it's probably a repeated show. Anyway. Back to Somebody came on his show and lied about information uh, that was supposed to be truthful, but but it wasn't. I was listening to it the other day, and me and Vanessa were listening to it, and I was going, whoa. He told this guy, he told this guy off. Don't you, don't you come on my show right. I mean, it is, it was, it was, it was. I was like, whoa. And another thing he was talking about too was to go was the the Cam Newton and a, and a reporter sparked controversy over his insensitive remarks. I'm sure you heard about. I'm sorry, that's what Cam Newton is saying after, of course, he's been ripped apart for... Hold on, y'all. Comments he made. Uh, 
when he was speaking to reporters uh, during his uh, appearance before them uh, after the Carolina Panthers game. Here's what he initially said. I know you take a lot of pride in seeing your receivers play well. Devin Funches just seemed to really embrace the physicality of his routes and, and getting those extra yards. Does that give you a little bit of an enjoyment to see him kind of trust kicking people out there? It's funny to hear a female talk about routes. Like, it's funny. But, uh, you know. So Cam's uh, joke with the comments made by a question by Jordan Rodriguez of the Charlotte Observer immediately went viral. Folks began to blast Cam Newton as sexist on Thursday. Dan and the makers of Waker's Yogurt called Newton's comments sexist, blasted him, and dropped him as a endorser. Their statement said, it's simply not okay to belittle anyone based on gender. We have shared our concerns with Cam and will no longer work with him. Now, late last night, Newton released a, an apology on his Twitter account. After careful thought, I understand that my word choice was extremely degrading and disrespectful uh, to women. And to be honest, that was not my intention. And if you are a person who took offense to what I said, I sincerely apologize to you. Uh, I'm a man who tries to be a positive role model in my community and tries to use my platform to inspire others. And I own, I, I take ownership to everything that comes with that. And what I did was extremely unacceptable. Um, I'm a father to two beautiful daughters. And at their age, I try to instill in them that they can do and be anything that they want to be. And the fact that during this whole process, I've already lost sponsors and countless fans, I realized that the joke is really on me. And I've learned a valuable lesson from this. And to the, the, the young people who see this, I hope that you learn something from this as well. Um, don't be like me. Be better than me. And to the reporters, to the journalists, to the moms, super moms, to the daughters, the sisters, and, and the women all around the world, I sincerely apologize and hope that you can find the kindness in your heart to forgive me. Thank you. Well, the same reporters making some apologies of her own after old tweets came back to haunt her. Black Sports Online dug up some past tweets from Rodrigue. One tweet says, quote, my dad is being super racist, has passed through Navajo land. He's the best. Racist jokes the whole drive home. Another tweet says, uh, the earth moves at 450 miles per hour. That's 10 times uh, triller than NASCAR. Dale earns heart a B-word, N-word. Mm. Okay. <laughs> like Lockworth, the reporter issued a statement saying, I apologize for the offensive tweets from my Twitter account from four to five years ago. There's no excuse for these tweets and the sentiment behind them. I am deeply sorry, and I apologize. Joining us right now is Jason Reed, senior writer for The Undefeated. Jason, um, Cam Newton makes a joke, five or six words, leads to his whole brouhaha. He gets criticized, attacked by a number of people, a lot of um, other uh, female journalists are attacking him. Then all of a sudden, her tweets come out, then people say, oh, stop deflecting to racism from sexism as if 
both can't be discussed at the same time. I described it as the unappealing onion. This thing comes out. She goes to Cam demanding an apology. He does not initially apologize. And all of a sudden, she gets blowback. Well, this is what happens when you unpeel an onion. Yeah, absolutely, Roland. And here's the thing about it. Let me just say off the bat, Cam said something incredibly stupid and sexy. Even trying to make a joke, you can't make that type of joke. If that's what's in your thinking, well, then you say that, you've got to deal with the consequences. Now, that aside, she twisted the knife when she went to him and said she wanted the apology. He didn't give it. Then she tweeted about how it was even worse, their, their private exchange. If you're going to go there, you better not have anything in your past. You better not have anything in your background. Because what has happened now is we're saying that, Sexism is worse than racism, so we can't talk about the fact that she was very comfortable with some extremely racist jokes that her father was telling her, that she was very comfortable tweeting the N-word. And now we're at a point where, okay, Cam has apologized. And people say, well, it was four or five years ago. She was younger. Well, does four or five years ago, does that mitigate the racism in the tweets? So I get what Cam would do was wrong. Even if he was joking and he didn't intend to make it a situation where people would be offended, people were offended. We just have to accept that it was sexist, it was stupid. But now we're in a situation where we're looking at her racist tweets, and I'm sorry, you can't tell me that sexism is worse than racism. Let's talk about the totality of the situation. Barbara. You can't deal with racism if you don't deal with sexism. You can't deal with sexism if you don't deal with racism. I mean, the reality is is that these are intertwined. And it is wrong for both of them to have done what they did. And they owe the nation an apology, both do. And I want to be very clear that I found his comments interesting because they were so dismissive. They were like the silly girl, look at her, she's trying to be a sports person. I mean, that kind of attitude isn't just that day. This is something he probably does routinely. He needs to really check himself. Yes, him and and, him, him and, and, and he needs to check herself because I'm tired of white women running around talking about sexism and they can't see one racial discrimination issue. I am just, you know, this is uh, a dual crisis. It's why those of us who teach and work on intersectionality work on it in that way because we know that if you don't look at the combined forces and the combined impacts of racism and sexism, we don't get out of the box we're in as a nation on these issues. Well, and the, and, and, and the thing is um, that well, you're not excusing it, but if anybody thinks their cam is the only male athlete <laughs> oh, no. who right. doesn't right. want women in locker rooms, <laughs> they yeah. are utterly clueless I, I about agree. what is happening in sports. Oh, yeah. but, and not only that, let's also be clear when you have the number of women who are operating in managerial positions, you only have, what, is it one woman who's an assistant coach in the NFL? Well, uh, there have been women who have been interns, but in terms of actually being on a staff. Yeah, like, so so yeah. there's not one woman in all of football who can be a coach at any position. I'm just saying. Go ahead. I'm say again, so I agree with you on the part that his column was stupid. My question is, do you think that the reaction of it was kind of fair? Kind of to your point, he's not the only one in the league doing that. Well, he can't well, say well here's the deal. We have $13 million a year salary, $13 million a year endorsement. But here's the deal, though. But it's that question of salary or endorsement. I don't care if he only had one endorsement. The bottom line is here, 
you are uh, the quarterback position, Joseph, is the premier mm-hmm. position on any of any NFL team. You are a team captain. You let your team to the Super Bowl. You are a face of the NFL. You're going to get blowback when you make a sexist comment. It's going to happen, period. No, I, I think that, again, to, to your point, there, there is no half-life on racism, right? <laughs> and so it, this notion that somehow, again, even an apology is coupled with this, oh, by the way, it was four to five And that was ago. my thing. It was, that right. yeah, it was a, yeah, almost yeah. to mitigate uh, the fact, it, it, well, uh, this, this was said four or five years ago, so it doesn't that. matter anymore. Okay. So that's the thing. I think ultimately, at the end of the day, what Cam Newton said was incredibly misguided. And I think that he is, on, on, on many levels, copped to the fact that it was a misguided mm-hmm. statement. And so I, I think we should start there. We're understanding that in this in this age right now where, where individuals have an inability to admit to making mistakes, he has made a strongly worded statement that whether you want to give him a pass or agree with him sends a message to those individuals who look to him for leadership and saying this was a wrong approach. And, and that, he released a video he could have easily, easily released yep. a short statement or there's a paragraph on a sheet of paper saying, okay, here y'all go. And so, right, now it's, now it's, it's studying the people who now want to dissect the apology. It's like, yo, seriously? I mean, it's like, look, did you screw up? Yes. Did you apologize? Yes. The blowback now is on her as well. Now he has to deal with it. Uh, but the other piece is this here. What is she going to have to deal with in terms of it? Because here's the piece. She, and this is, and this is the critically important for anybody watching, Jason. You know this. She's an NFL writer. Uh, so go, go right what we have to understand is how we perceive our athletes is framed through the prism of what those write about. And 77% of the NFL workforce, the on-field workforce players, African-American. Now, she's the lead writer for this yeah. paper. And you, you want to talk about four to five years ago, the people in that locker room aren't going to care that it was four to five years right. ago. Right. I mean, the people in that locker room are going to be – looking at her like, okay, you were very comfortable in this space. Yes. Real and, and, and real quick, Roland, the other thing, too, is people want to say, well, you know, she issued her apology quicker than Cam did. This happened four years ago. She issued the apology because it was found out about it and right. she deleted the tweets. Yeah. It is what it is. And, Barbara, the thing, you, but you make an excellent point about when you talk about where we are in terms of white feminism, and we're going to deal with this later, probably on Monday or so. Uh, I'm going to get this real quick because I've got to go to a break. It's, you know, there's no different when you look at what's happening with Harvey Weinstein. Yes. One of the most powerful figures in Hollywood, yes. rampant sexual harassment. Yes. I keep saying, I want to know, is Weinstein going to get the Bill Cosby treatment? Yeah. Or are liberal white women going to say, well, you know, he's been so supportive of us over the years, we're going to be muted? Listen, a whole lot of white men get away with this. Uh, Roman Pulaski, just think about right. all the people who have really been sexist and abusive to women throughout the history. I just think the real thing, Roland, is we all got to just check ourselves, and we got to educate ourselves. We got to know more about ableism, about disability rights. We need to know more about LGBTQ rights. So we're going to keep having and stepping on people's toes. But, but, Let's yeah, get but, better just, at what just we do. Acknowledge- Let's we get are, better at what, what we, we do. think and what we say. Let's get better at what we do. And we'll see what happens next. All right, James. we appreciate it. Okay. Okay, here's a question. And we'll do that. We'll do this question real quick. Are you okay with his his apology? Okay. Hold that thought.
But as you know, the massacre in, in Las Vegas is a fascination We're joined now by former Homeland Security Advisor to George W. Bush and CBS News National Security Analyst, Fernand Townsend, and former FBI profiler, Mary Ellen O'Toole. Mary Ellen, I want to start with you. You've heard about the careful calculations uh, Stephen Paddock took. What does that say to you about how careful his planning was? What does that tell you about it? It tells me two things. He wanted the note to be found. Um, he's very meticulous in, in the planning and to carry that down to uh, recording the exact distances between him and the ground, between him and the targets, I think it, it really is very telling about how detailed he was. Fran, uh, at the end of last year, DHS and FBI did a threat assessment, and they talked about lone mm -hmm. wolf shooters, and they talked about the fact that there were soft targets, the ability to hit civilians, and one thing they listed in the, in the catalog here was the ability to inflict significant casualties with weapons that do not require specialized knowledge, access, or training. Then they mentioned the shootings in Orlando and San Bernardino. How much are guns a part of the homeland security picture? Oh, th this is a tremendous problem. And, you know, while I think the legislation that Dianne Feinstein is talking about on bump fire stocks doesn't go far enough, right? You need to prohibit the purchase, the sale, and the possession of these bump fire stocks. But we're not talking about the single greatest factor that it is in lethality, which is these high-capacity ammunition magazines. That's what allows you to, to fire many bullets before reloading. And literally, the empirical evidence is those are the single greatest factor. When you use that kind of a weapon, it increases lethality 300%. And so in, in states where they ban these high-capacity magazines, they've reduced the likelihood of a mass shooting by 63%. And so if we really want to have an impact, what you need to do is stop the, high, the access to these high-capacity ammunition magazines. Marilyn, we have about 30 seconds left. What does it tell you as a profiler that somebody who purchases a lot of guns over a period of time, who buys this much ammunition. What does that tell you? Well, it tells me that there's a real fascination with weapons, especially if it, if it covers a broad, broad uh, uh, array of weapons. And if you compound that with someone who also has a fascination with violence and who may um, manifest certain personality traits, which we saw in the crime scene, that's a very lethal combination. All right, we're going to have to hold it right there. We'll be back with more of this conversation and my thoughts on hope after tragedy. Stay with us. We continue our conversation with former Homeland Security Advisor to George W. Bush. Okay. Now, what did I say about this guy? This guy had, and I was watching 60 Minutes today before I came on, this guy had an arsenal. Uh-oh. Uh I didn't mean to do that. Okay, this guy had an arsenal in this room, the hotel room that he was in, weapons, all sorts of, he had, I mean, he had firepower. One of the police officers said they was, they was, they, they saw like stacks of ammunition and they was tripping over weapons and it's it, unbelievable. This guy was, he was like a one-man 
um, a a one-man soldier. I mean, he actually had this, he had it all planned out and everything. Now, the Cam Newton thing. Is anybody satisfied with his apology? (laughs) Mike? 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 Hmm. Sorry. The Cam Newton apology. Is anybody, are you satisfied with his apology? No. <laughs> no, no, no. So, what you going to do? He, he, like the, like when the, when the reporter said, he, He's not the only one who actually did that to women in history. You know, it's not unusual. <laughs> it is. Well, you know, I think it's too. We've taken things too casual lately. But now, the things that we used to take casual and think nothing about it, people are speaking on those things, and they're taking it to another level. Yeah. Where I mean, before we used to make comments and stuff, and oh well, nothing to it, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now you make those same comments, and you get uh, jacked up, fined, jailed, and everything else. Oh yeah. I mean, it. it he um. He really, he should have kept it. He should really just kept it to himself. Right. You don't think out loud. <laughs> yeah. That's what that's the problem with um with some folks when they get in that position they well as they used to say, be tucked out the side of their neck. Mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! It remains to be it remains to be seen of how this how this episode continues. You got a show tomorrow? No, guess what? I'm not on the TV anymore. What? A change a change in location. I'm in Tennessee now. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. I forgot about so, that. So I'm gonna try to get on uh, on some type of Either TV or radio down here. Okay. Hey, you can always try talk show. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nice podcast, uh, you know. Yeah. They they're good. It's about better than um. I was with you. It's a lot better than blog talk. Oh, okay. I, I, that's the first one I was on. Oh yeah, you was on Blog Talk? I was on Blog Talk. That's how I started. Then it started really acting up, so I said, "Well, because I was I was always signed up with Talk Shoe already." So I said, "Well, I might as well go ahead with Talk Shoe, since I'm 
since I did sign up for it, and I, I didn't have any programs at the time, but uh, so what I did was I moved my programs from there to talk to here to to, to talk to you. Oh, okay. So I tried to move. I tried to move it there. So I've been been on this one for been on this program for been been like eight eight years, something like that. Oh, good. So we we're we're doing good. Our numbers uh-huh. are up and down, up and down, but we're still here. You're there, okay. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, yeah. I said I'm I'm enjoying myself in the south right now. That's good. I'll be here. I'll probably be here until about May of next year. Yeah, that'd be I don't good. Know where I'm gonna go then? <laughs> hey. And it'll with you. Where the Lord sent me, that's where I'll go. That, that's how it is. Hmm. Hey, but you know what? Before you leave off, I just want to make a statement about how the, the government is not helping us support Puerto Rico. That oh, is yeah. It's a shame and a, and, a, and a travesty against humanity the way... We have all of this military might that we could take helicopters and fly in food and and fuel to help those people, but we, they refuse to do it. Just and because the roads and the bridges are out, we got plenty of helicopters that can fly a whole division with equipment and all. Oh, yeah. Now, how come we can't supply, take that food and, and, and and, and give it to those, send it to those people. They're starving. They don't have any uh, electricity. Hospitals can't can't operate. You know, we could we could take a diesel fuel by the drums and and fly it in, and and and, and you know what I mean. You got the Army Corps engineers can build a bridge. Oh yeah. In, in three hours. You know, so don't tell me that they can't. We can't do anything. We can do something. They can, and that's regards uh, that they are very trained folks who 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 do help in situations like that. Because they the end the, the, the National Guard in Fort Gordon in Augusta, they help assist us um, as we. As we was going out, and they was there with us, and to help wherever you know to do whatever needs to be done, and they also helped us when on our way getting ready to go back to Savannah. Okay. So, so the, the National Guard are very, they're very good what they do, very very good. And, I, and I've, I've heard that story, and the president just being stubborn, as usual. He don't want to. He don't want to do nothing for the for the uh, for the, for the, for the Puerto Rico, and this and it is American territory. Well, Thank you. I don't know. He thinks it's another country. He thinks it's still it's an island on water. Yeah. Please. He forget that they're yeah, human right. beings, though. Human beings are suffering. 
and they're suffering for no reason. I can understand that they're suffering while a, while, a, while a hurricane was there within the first few days. But it's been two weeks. Come yep. on. I don't know. I just don't know. It remains to be so, seen how, how what the governor of Puerto Rico is, is asking for help. The, the people in Puerto Rico, they, they're asking, they're begging, they're pleading for help. They need it. They need the help. Oh, I don't know. It remains to be seen with Puerto Rico on on the Puerto Rico. I think they were starting to they were starting to um I don't know where it was, but they they was um clearing the area or something. It was clearing help clearing the area and they couldn't you know cutting up trees and things like that. So, I don't know. that, that That's what they really need to do with um, with Puerto Rico and help those people get, get into their house. Yep. Uh, anyway, like I said, it may be seen how it's going to happen, how it would happen. Well... Of course, of course. Uh, of course, I'll, I'll be here. I'll be hearing from you on Facebook. <laughs> yep, as usual. Thank you. Uh, I just put up another. Um, I put up another video from on YouTube. Okay. It's on my Facebook. Okay. It's called "Why Why Do We Love an Enemy." Ooh. You remember the uh, scripture, love your enemy? Uh-huh. So I, I put up a statement like, why do I why do I love my enemy? Or why do, you know, why should I love my enemy? Hmm. So check it out. Let me know what you think. All right. All right. All right, then. And get ready to sign off with you as, as usual. <laughs> All right. Take care. All right. Views and fans of Nature Talk are not necessarily the views of Talk Shoot, Gen Radio Productions, and its sponsors. This has been this has been Nature Talk. And you can join us Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, for another Nature Talk here on Talk Shoot and Gen Radio. Nature Talk is produced by Jam Radio Productions presentation. Till tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. for morning inspirations. God bless you. Have a wonderful and blessed week. And I bid you, I, I, I bid you a good night.
Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.